you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
So it is an honor to be able to speak to you on the subject of teaching your children to pray. Prayer is one of the most common subjects in the Christian world. Among all of the resources that are available on prayer, there is a limited focus on teaching your children to pray. So I want to commend those of you who have a desire to equip your children to learn how to pray and have a relationship with God. While prayer is the most common subject among believers, it is also the greatest untapped source of power. I believe that if we understood the true power of prayer, we would all pray more. If we could grasp the power of a praying family and the radical difference that prayer would make in our homes, I believe that we wouldn't miss one opportunity to have our family go to God in prayer. It is the biblical duty of every father and mother to teach their children to pray. Parents are to be the primary religious teachers to their children, not their pastor, not their youth pastor, or their Sunday school teachers, but their parents are to be their primary teachers. Scripture mandates that parents should teach their children to observe the word of God and teach them how to pray. Deuteronomy 11 and 19 commands parents to diligently teach their children as they go about their day and as they lay their heads down at night and when they wake up in the morning. This scripture is showing us a lifestyle of prayer. You see, a lifestyle is important because prayer habits that are formed during childhood will last them a lifetime. Almost 16 years ago, I stumbled across um, an incredible resource that really resonated with me and inspired me to go home and to teach my children to pray. And as a result of that, uh, that uh, uh, resource, it became quite a passion of mine. When my husband and I became intentional about teaching children to pray, it impacted our own children. It took our children from praying when prompted to personal prayer lives. One of the most amazing moments was the night that I went upstairs to find Spencer, who at the time would have been about nine or ten years old. When I found him, he was praying alone in his room. And I stood outside to hear him through his tears telling God that when he got to heaven, he was going to lay his crown down at Jesus' feet. One morning, we were awakened. It was early on a Saturday morning to the sound of the piano playing. When my husband got to the top of the stairs, 
he looked to see Dylan sitting at the piano with his voice breaking, lifting his hands in prayer. That's what teaching your children will pray will do for your home. Not only did it revolutionize our own children, it revolutionized our children's ministry. I've had parents come to me and ask me to teach them what I was teaching their children because their children were out praying them in their homes. Teaching our children to pray not only transformed our children's ministry, but it also transformed our prayer ministry. Suddenly, people who were sick were asking for the kids to pray for them because miracles began to happen as the children were praying. Teaching our children to pray completely changed the culture of our church. Prayer meetings were never unattended. Unplanned and unscripted prayer meetings were popping up in homes and at the church at midnight hours. When we fail to teach our children to pray, they will be ill-equipped to navigate tests and trials. They will be powerless to resist temptation. When we fail to teach our children to pray, they will be defenseless against the schemes of the enemy, and they will be vulnerable to deception, to influences, and to the agendas of this world. We must teach our children to pray. What works for one child may not work for another. What interests one child may not interest the other. This is why it is so important for a parent to be a student of their child and find out what works for their child. I want you to know that within the core personalities of every child are cues to the calling that God has on their lives. I believe that there are six vital questions regarding prayer that need to be answered. Number one, who are they praying to? Number two, what is prayer? Number three, when to pray. Number four, where to pray. Number five, how to pray. And number six, why prayer is worth it. If you will get the answers to these questions deep in your spirit, and you will find value in answering these questions for your children, you will go home from this place determined to teach your children to pray. Children need a clear understanding of who it is that they are praying to. If children can ever grasp who God is, they would never hesitate to go to him in prayer. If we could teach our children that they could cast their cares and their burdens on him, they wouldn't be encumbered by the weight of worry. If we could teach children that God is a God of peace and not a God of fear, they could grow to become adults who could be victorious over anxiety, over stress, over depression, and over fear. 
without an understanding of who kids are praying to, prayer is relegated to ritualistic practices at mealtimes and at bedtimes. These type of prayers alone uh, develop a belief that prayers are for the approval of others. But David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Teach your children that not only are you proud of them for praying, but that God is pleased by their prayers. You see, God is moved by the prayers of children. In 2021, one of our faithful members was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. The diagnosis was bleak and the doctors weren't giving much hope. I would be honest with you and say that our whole church was struggling with fear and with worry and doubt and even questions of what if. Our kids' prayer staff took several weeks and focused the kids on praying for the sick. They went and they printed Facebook profile pictures so that the kids would have a visual. And then the staff would present the need to the kids. The kids would then in turn pray for those needs and then take time to listen to what God had to say. God showed four-year-old Sienna, this lady celebrating a birthday. That was in 2021. Shauna has since celebrated two birthdays. The prayers of children are powerful. During that same time, our kids prayed for a dear friend of mine whose husband was dying. Six-year-old Morrison prayed and then drew what he felt God speaking to him on paper. Morrison drew God standing next to Chris with angels all around her. Chris confirmed experiencing the presence of angels as Max was transitioning. She said, I knew that angels were present. An angel tapped me on my shoulder in my laundry room just to let me know that they were there. I felt the presence of angels several times, and I knew that God had sent them to minister to me. The Lord had spoken that to Morrison. Teach your children that God answers their prayers, not just your prayers, not just your pastor's prayers, but God answers the prayers of children. We need to be reminded that children are praying to the exact same God that you and I are praying to. They aren't praying to a junior version. If they have the Holy Ghost, the same power that lives in you also lives in them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and don't stop them. He values children. Jesus told his disciples that they needed to become like children. Jesus blessed the children in Mark, the 10th chapter and 16th verse. He does not discriminate 
because of a child's age. A child's pure heart and simple faith is pleasing to God, and he responds to their prayers. Teach your children who they are praying to. Let them know who God is and that he is a God that will answer their prayers. Children need a clear understanding of what prayer is. Prayer is simply the conversations that we hold with God. Prayer is talking to God and him talking back to us. Conversations are not meant to be monologue. If they were monologue, then only one person would be doing all of the talking. Prayer is often approached this way. And I believe that it's because we are more interested in what we need than what he has to say. Prayer is not an opportunity to take our wish list to God, order him around, and then walk away without giving him an opportunity to speak. But prayer is meant to be dialogue, a two-way conversation. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. The only way to hear his voice is if he is speaking and we are listening. Adults make hearing the voice of God so complicated. Often the expectations of an adult is to hear an audible voice or to have an incredible supernatural experience. But the Bible talks more about the still, small voice. Sometimes we just need to be still and listen for that small voice. When Spencer was very young, he came to me one evening troubled because he felt like that God was trying to speak to him, but he couldn't understand what God was saying. I asked him if he had taken time to just be silent, and he said, yes, but every time I do, movies that I've watched and video games that I've played just keep going over in my head. Spencer and I prayed again, and we asked God to speak to him more clearly. After a little while, Spencer came back and said, God said that my mind was too crowded with everything else and that he wants me to spend less time on those things and more time listening to him. God speaks to children. They probably won't hear him speaking the same way that you or I do. With an adult, many times God will speak clearly or he'll put a scripture on our hearts or nudge us to action or maybe even give us a dream. But a child does not have the ability to comprehend the same way that an adult does. God often speaks to them differently. A child may hear a single word. They may see a picture in their mind or a short movie-like clip. A child will often blurt out what they feel God is telling them and then turn around and just skip away. If we aren't careful, we will dismiss what they share as child play instead of words of prophecy and visions and interpretations. 
when Gentry was young, he came to my husband and interpreted a dream that my husband had not shared with anyone else but besides me. Children don't have to be convinced that they are hearing God speak to them. They don't doubt it when God speaks. In Matthew 18, Jesus told us to be converted and become like a child. I would submit to you tonight that there is no faith greater than childlike faith. 14 years ago, my husband led this church in an event that we called Impact. Our church did massive evangelism and touched every home in our city. The crescendo of Impact was a block party in our city park where we had a worship service and preaching and an altar call and even baptisms. The Saturday before Impact, my husband and I had a private conversation where he expressed what he was believing God for. He said, they're telling me to expect about 500, but I am planning for 700 people. On Sunday, I was leading kids' prayer, and the kids were praying specifically for impact. We asked God that if he had anything specific to say, that he would say it to those children. And then we took time to listen. One of the kids shared what God spoke to him, and these were his words. God said, not 500, not 700, but 2,000. It was a word of prophecy through a child. And I want you to know, we ran out of registration papers at 2,100. God hears the prayers of a child, and God does speak to children. What is prayer? Prayer is having a relationship with God. God's intention for mankind was to have a daily relationship with his creation. It is imperative that children learn from a young age to have a daily connection with God. Teach them to talk to God every day. Their prayers won't sound the same as your prayers. They don't have the same vocabulary capacity that you do, but that does not mean that they are praying wrong. Allow your children to use their own voice and their own words. Let them close their eyes or keep their eyes open if they prefer. In fact, you can let them stand or kneel or sit cross-legged, lay on the floor, hang upside down from a chair if, if that's what they want to do. It isn't about how they pray. It is simply that they pray. Teach them that powerful people are praying people. Abraham. Isaac, Moses, David, Samuel, Nehemiah, and Hannah. Do you want your children to be powerful? Teach your children how to pray. Let's answer the questions of when and where. The Apostle Paul instructed the church in Thessalonica to pray without ceasing. Jesus himself said, 
that men ought always to pray. Children need to be taught that when the situation presents itself, that is the time that they should pray. Prayer should be our immediate response and not our last resort. I was inspired about prayer being our first response after reading a book by Angie Clark. She brought up the armor of God and how it always bothered her that she needed to put on the armor every day. Her question was, if I have to put the armor on every day, at what point did I take it off and lay it down? You see, today's kids don't under understand a knight in shining armor, but they do understand what a transformer is. And if you've ever watched Transformers, you know that they go about their day as an ordinary car or motorcycle or truck. But at the moment that they come under enemy attack, they transform into an armed fighting machine. They stay armed and ready to fight. It is an immediate response. Our children need to be taught that they need to stay armed at all times. They need to keep the helmet of salvation. They need to ingest the sword of the spirit. They need to be ready so that when the situation presents itself, that they respond and they go to God in prayer. Here at our church, our kids' prayer group made emergency prayer kits that included anointing oil and prayer cloths and band-aids and scripture prayer cards about healing. If someone in their family gets sick, they run and they grab their emergency kit and they anoint a band-aid and they stick it on the person that's sick and, and they pray for them. When those kids are dealing with fear, they'll pray over a prayer cloth and they'll tuck it under their pillow to sleep on at night. Some of them have struggled in school and have even put prayer cloths that were from their kit in their backpack. That's not child's play. That is being taught that their first response ought to be to pray. The first thing that they do is to pray. When our son Dylan was a young teenager, he didn't hesitate to pray for someone's healing. We were at a conference in Illinois when a man brought his uh, adolescent daughter to the front for healing. She was deaf and she was wearing the cochlear uh, ear implants to try to help her to be able to hear. My husband and I watched with worry, admittedly, as Dylan asked the dad to remove the devices from her head. To our surprise, the dad removed those, advice, those devices without hesitation, and Dylan, Dylan began to pray for her. And God opened her ears instantly, and she remains healed to this very day. You cannot convince me that God does not answer the prayers of a child. I know that, he's, that he does because I have seen it over and again. There is power in a praying family. The foundation of every apostolic home 
should be prayer. Prayer should be the benchmark by which our homes are built. Psalms 127 says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. The Lord needs to be the general contractor of our homes, and his word needs to be the blueprint, and he needs to have permanent residence in our homes. You see, prayer sets the tone and the atmosphere of our homes. His word needs to be there, and prayer needs to be there. Prayer uh, is, is what ignites a family to respond to what God is calling them to do. My husband and I did not always get it right, but the one thing that we did get right is that we created an atmosphere of prayer in our home. It wasn't unusual for prayer to break out in our home. I've watched friends of our boys who came to our house that were going through tough times, and eventually a prayer meeting would break out. I've walked to the top of my stairs and been taken back by the atmosphere that I encountered as a result of our son's praying. Prayer can make a difference in your home. It can right relationships in your marriage and in your family. Prayer can turn chaos into peace. It can counter worldly influences. There is a spiritual battle for your homes and for your children. And this is not the time to take a laid-back, lazy approach. We must be proactive and counterattack by creating a culture in our home that is centered around God, centered around his word, and centered around prayer. My husband talked to a man who had spent many years in the ministry. The man was remarking uh, about the, the amount of zeal that our, our sons had for the ministry. My husband began to talk to him about the atmosphere of prayer in our home. And the saddest response that I ever heard was when that man said, we tried to keep church at church separate from our homes. We wanted our kids to have a normal life. If the definition of a normal life is raising children who don't know how to pray, then give me abnormal. I want my children to know how to pray. Teach your children to build altars. Altars are a place of sacrifice. They're places of worship. They're places of prayer and supplication. Altars are places to seek the face of God and to hear his voice. They are places where sins are forgiven and grace are found. Our children need to learn how to build altars. Lives are changed at an altar. Supernatural encounters with God happen at an altar. The state of your altar reflects the state of your relationship with God. 
when we let everything else take precedence over time spent at a family altar, we are gambling with the souls of our children. We have done a family altar project here twice. Families come together and they build small wooden altars that are kept in a central location of their home. These altars aren't large enough for them to kneel at. They're not even necessarily the place that families go to to pray. They are simple reminders that the altar is the focal point in their home. The altar is a sacred place. If our homes don't reverence the things of God, then God does not abide there. I want God to abide in my home. Does anybody else want the Lord to abide in their homes? If you will teach your children to pray always, if you will center your family around the altar, by the time that your children are adults, they will be men and women that God can use to shake nations for his glory. Teach your children to pray. Make prayer a priority. The Bible tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Everything about your lives should be centered around teaching your children the ways of the Lord. Most of us would never consider going one day without checking our emails or our text messages or our voicemails. Then why would we go one day without uh, prayer and without connecting to the Lord? We shouldn't consider going one day without teaching our children to pray. Lead your children by example. Vesta Manga said, the most powerful teacher is an example. Your children will follow your lead. Prayer is more caught than taught. That's why your children need to hear you pray, and they need to see you pray, and they need to see you in the prayer room. And they need to see you making the Lord the center of your home. Imitation will either be the highest form of compliment or it will be a deafening voice of condemnation. Our boys grew up hearing the story of my husband witnessing an accident where a toddler ran out in front of a truck and was run over. My husband didn't wait to respond and didn't wait for paramedics to show up, but he jumped out of his truck and he ran into the middle of the road where this toddler lay lifeless. And he got down on his knees and he began to pray over that child until the ambulance showed up. The next day, uh, the mother showed up to our church and she wanted to thank my husband for his response. My husband expressed concern and asked how the, how the child was doing. And she replied, oh, he's just fine. Just a few scratches and some bruises, but he's at home playing. My husband's testimony did not return void because he became sick in our home and his heart stopped and he laid lifeless on our floor. Gentry laid his hands on him and he began to rebuke death and speak life, and God raised him up. Spencer 
bed on life support while a nurse stood by and mocked him. All of a sudden, the machine started going crazy as the man's body began to respond to Spencer's prayers. Dylan prayed for a girl who laid lifeless in the Philippines, and God raised her up. That is the power of an example. Set an example before your children, and they will follow your lead. They will replicate what they see. Parents, you must pick up the mantle of prayer leader and prayer mentor and prayer warrior and altar builder. It takes intentional discipline to establish a prayer life. Only spiritual discipline will cause a willingness to go further in prayer than what others see as necessary. All of us have uh, aspirations for our children when it comes to their careers and their education and their overall success. We will intentionally plan strategies for their future and send them to the best schools possible. But what about having aspirations and dreams for what they could accomplish in the kingdom of God? What about being intentional about teaching them and training them to fulfill their God-given callings and purpose? Why not have aspirations of raising powerful prayer warriors whose prayers will move mountains and cause the sun to stand still? We must be intentional about our children's spiritual development. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That scripture is not promising that they will never walk away, but it is promising that if you are intentional about teaching them and training them, they will never forget what they have been taught. The disciples requested of Jesus, teach us to pray. They walked with him. They ate with him. They sat at his feet and they heard his teaching. They saw him perform miracles. They watched as Jesus walked on the water and commanded the winds and the waves to be still. You would think that the words to his disciples of Jesus would have been enough when he said, greater things than this shall you do. But his disciples requested, teach us to pray, because they watched Jesus pray and then multiply five loaves and two fish. They saw him pray and then open deaf ears. They saw him pull away to pray every day and then heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. I believe that the disciples understood that if they were ever going to do greater things, they were going to have to learn to pray. And I want you to know that if your children are ever going to do great exploits for the kingdom of God, they are going to have to learn how to pray. 
teach your children, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. The Lord said, if my people, he didn't say if it was a child, a teenager, a young adult, a middle-aged, or in a seasoned state, but he just simply said, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will forgive and I will heal. Children need to know that the greatest weapons that they have are the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the power of prayer. Their prayers are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Their prayers have supernatural power. The enemies of God are subject to their prayers. Help them to understand that by praying, they are exercising kingdom authority. I hope that I can persuade someone in this place to go home and be intentional about teaching your children how to pray. I want to answer the question of why you should teach your children to pray. Psalms 127 and 4 says, As arrows are in the hands of mighty men, so are the children of youth. In your hands are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. I wish I had somebody in this place that believed that right now. It is your job to aim your children towards the plan and the purpose that God has for them. On November the 2nd, 2007, I was at a prayer conference when God gave me a vision that I was able to put on paper. In the vision, I saw my hand open with palm facing up. Written in my fingertips were the names of children who were in our children's ministry at that time. In the palm of my hands were the names Gentry, Spencer, and Dylan. And from the palm of my hands, there were arrows that, that went out into a globe. At that conference, I was so moved by what the Lord had showed me. The presence of God was so thick in that place, and tongues came forth, and then an interpretation that was specifically for me. The word of the Lord said, with your hands, you will reach into the lives and hearts of many children. But those who are in the palm of your hand, you will help to shape and to develop them and to send them out for ministry. Their impact will be felt worldwide. And today, I have three sons who are ministering the gospel who are teaching and preaching and evangelizing and planting and operating in the prophetic and in healing. My husband and I can't take credit for what God is doing through them, but I can tell you that we were intentional about training them. We created an atmosphere where that they could grow spiritually. We affirmed the voice of God in their lives. We positioned them to fulfill their calling, and we helped to develop their connection with God through teaching them how to pray. As I was preparing and studying to answer the question why, I asked the Lord to help me 
And God gave me a vision specifically for each of you. I saw an open hand with palm facing up. And in the fingertips were written apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. In the palm of that hand was the name God and the words your children. Within the name of God was a body of water, and from it flowed waterways that ran through your children into each of the offices of the fivefold ministry. And from my fingertips were arrows that landed in a globe. Here is the word of the Lord for you that gentry heard. Open your hands and I shall open mine. In their youth, I will not hold from them my gifts nor my power. I have chosen them for my service. Even this day have the arrows in the hands of archers been released and will not return to you void, saith the Lord. Somebody needs to thank the Lord for that word and that promise tonight. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I want you to know that before your children were formed, God knew the plan that he had designed for their lives. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Lord has an intended purpose for your children, and his intention is for them to fulfill the plan of God in their lives. When your children were born, you dedicated them back to the Lord, and you placed them in the hands of the Lord. No doubt your prayer was, God, use them for your purpose. Then God placed them back in your hands to teach them and to mold them and to train them for the plan that he has. Hannah begged God for a son. She made a solemn promise that if you give me a son, I will give him back to you all of the days of his life. And at an intended time, Hannah brought Samuel back to the temple. And the Bible says that Samuel ministered before the Lord as a child. This is why that you need to be determined to teach your children to pray. Only two chapters later, we find the Lord calling to Samuel and Samuel responding, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And it was from that very moment that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. When you teach your children to pray, they will learn to hear and follow the voice of God. It is then that the plan of God is fulfilled in their lives. The desire of God is to work through your children, but it takes a parent to 
to prepare them. Parents all over the country are worried about raising good citizens and hard workers and successful members of society. These things are all good, but Matthew 6 and 33 tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. College, career, ministry, spouse, the word says that all of these things will be added if you will seek him first. Teach your children to seek God, and he will work everything out in their lives. Teach your children to pray. I've done my best to answer uh, the questions of who, what, when, where, how, and why. And I believe that those answers have resonated in someone's spirit. And you have determined in your heart to go home and to impart them to your children. I would admonish you tonight to go home and teach your children to pray. Somebody may be sitting here and saying, well, I don't have children yet, but you will. Some of you may be saying, well, my children out of the house, but you have grandchildren. Some of you may be Sunday school teachers, and you are still teaching uh, children, and you are reaching in their, into their lives. Teach them how to pray. Teach them that prayers obtain promise. Teach them that prayer will cause them to be victorious. Teach them that prayer moves heaven. I pray tonight that the word of God will settle in your spirit. I pray that the Lord would bless every home and that the anointing of God would rest on you as you go home and begin to instruct your children. I believe that there is going to come a day when we are going to look and we are going to say, I'm thankful for the moment that I intended and I was intentional about teaching my children to pray. They may be young now. They may be driving you crazy. They may be tearing your house up. You may not even can, can visualize them doing anything for the Lord, but the Lord has a plan for them, and the Lord intends to use them, and the Lord intends for them to be powerful in his kingdom. But it's going to take us to aim them and to prepare them and to teach them. Can we stand all over this place tonight? I want to pray a prayer, a blessing over you. And I want to pray that the Lord will touch and that the Lord will go home with you from this place. And I want to pray that God will make your children powerful men and women of God. Lord, we come to you tonight thanking you for every home. We come to you thanking you for every parent, every grandparent, every teacher. God, I am asking you that the words that I have shared tonight will settle in their spirits, that they will go home to, to be determined to intentionally teach their children to seek you and to have a relationship with you. Would you let your anointing rest on them? Would you bless their children? Would you use their children for your glory? Would you raise
and women of God, would you raise up those that will be pastors and teachers, Lord, and prophets, those that you can use for your kingdom. We may not be able to see it, but we take you at your word that you have a plan and you have a future for our children. And we believe tonight that it will come to pass. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can we come forward and just spend a little time dedicating our families to the Lord, dedicating our children to God, letting him know that they are them, that his to use for his glory. This, this song, your prayer right now. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of Let's just thank the Lord for his word tonight. Would you do that? The Bible says that Satan is not only a liar, but he is the father of lies. I believe that he intentionally speaks things to us and we allow thoughts to rest and to rest in our hearts and to resonate in our mind regarding prayer that God never intended us to take on. I think we overcomplicate prayer. I think we make it way too complicated. How many of you want, it doesn't matter whether you already do, but how many of you want to have a greater prayer life? Let me ask the next question. How many of you want your family, your children, your grandchildren? You want to teach them to pray, and you want to be able to experience prayer with them. Let me see your hand. But the enemy says, that's not in your nature, or maybe it's not in their nature, because prayer always goes against our nature. 
That's why we usually pray last instead of praying first. When the Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so we wait to last because it's going against our nature. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel normal. If I was to say one word to you, let's normalize prayer. I want that to settle in your spirit tonight. We need to normalize prayer. Don't make it awkward. Prayer is what we do. Listen, when I was a child growing up, we always prayed in restaurants and wherever we were. And by the time I became a teenager, it bothered me a little bit, and it was embarrassing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where it feels embarrassing. Oh, I hope they don't pray too loud or too long or catch the attention of somebody. But in this wicked and perverse generation is so in your face, I have reached a point where I recognize it doesn't matter who thinks what. I'm not there to embarrass, nor am I there to pray as the sinners and the publicans in order to be heard. That it doesn't matter if I'm in a nice five-star restaurant or at McDonald's. I'm going to take the time just to say, Lord, thank you for what we are eating today. Thank you. Normalize prayer in your home. Make it normal. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Just let him know it doesn't matter where I am. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to pray in front of my kids. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to call them together to pray. And they may not they may not pray like me. They may not sound like me, but I'm going to make it normal in our homes and in our family. And when the enemy tells you, you can't, you need to tell him, get out of the way. We're going to do this in Jesus' name. The material you heard tonight was incredible material. I think we ought to thank God for that and inspiring our first lady to write and pen those words. And I I pray that it goes forth and touches our world, heals our land. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. God bless you tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the word that you spoke tonight, Annette. And thank you for being here. And thank you to all of our team that worked so hard to always make everything excellent. Will you thank God for our church and all of our great